Nugget Wisdom. This is Deacon Kevin. How are you? Ron, we got you on the line. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Kevin. And uh, wow, that music you were playing uh, brings back uh, a lot of memories, I'm sure, to people. They must have heard that uh, recessional march <laughs> somewhere along the line in their life. And, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know I, I was going to say, you know, I was going to open this up and uh, I wanted to have it be a little bit theatrical and saying, you know, hey, this is wedding season. And uh, you're kind of like what uh, we know it's a little bit colder out probably when someone's going to be listening to this it's like wedding season and it's actually you know what I, I think it's actually kind of like engagement season if you will this is what you know if you see all the commercials on tv uh i would suspect i wonder if they ever did a uh, uh you know how many people get engaged around christmas time and i would think it would be quite a bit oh yeah uh, i remember stories coming about couples coming to midnight mass and during the offertory slipping on <laughs> an engagement ring. <laughs> oh yeah. Amazing, yeah. amazing. So I thought, you know, we, we thought it would be a good idea uh, since Giselle and I had just hosted, I don't know how many, what number it is of our uh, COVID Zoom live pre canums we just did one last week uh, and we had 47 couples on online from around the country um, so it was pretty cool um, it's it's certainly you were welcomed into people's homes but uh, you know you don't have the personal uh, you know reaction of being able to talk to people uh, in the flesh if you will so we kind of missed that but it's been a wonderful experience and I thought we talk about a little bit about the sacrament of marriage. And one of the things, you know, we, when we talk to couples, one of the first topics is about the sacrament of a little bit of catechizing, a little bit of um, going back to, uh, you know, your, your theology 101 about the church. And one of the things we, I always quiz the, the couples. I said, well, who do you think marries you? Do you think the priest marries you or the deacon or do you think that, uh, you know, who, or do you meet, or do you guys marry each other? So, um, so who gives the sacrament? And, you know, I just kind of raise their hands and, and there's a few that get it right, but most are surprised that it's the only sacrament that actually um, the couple gives to each other. The couple, the, the priest or the deacon is, is there in persona Christi to bless uh, and witness the, um, the, the sacrament, but they give it to each other, which I think is just that in and of itself we can talk about for the next half hour. Oh, yes, that is uh, perhaps something that people don't think about. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why celebrating a marriage um, in the church, not just the building, but I mean in the community of faith, uh, is important. Uh, but we have uh, people today who, you know, don't think about that. We have to help them. So it's good that uh, folks are able to join in and you're able to reach them through the wonder of the internet these days and that they're taking the time to plug in, uh, as it were, so they could hear this good news. And it is good news. So Ron, why, you know, let's poke at that a little bit. Um, you know, why, why is it important to be married in the church? One of the things I heard and um, this is Bishop Barron saying this was, you know, he says, we as a community, why you come into the church is we saw this couple 
as an echo of God's love for the world. Um, you know, so why get married in church? It's, it's, we are convinced that God has brought this couple together, you know, for God's providence and God's purpose. So to witness that before everyone in, before God, it's why it's important. But, you know, Ron, maybe a couple can say, you know, well, I could do that anywhere, right? What yes, they could, they could say that, and some do. But there is that notion of having God's presence when we make commitments and promises. Uh, we know from Bible readings, both in the Old and the New Testament, that the image of marriage, which is so common in the whole history of the human race, uh, has always been a way for God to walk into someone's life to bless it. Uh, covenants, not contracts, covenants, which is a whole different notion. Um, it's commitments, yeah. uh, not just a piece of paper that you sign with rules and regulations. It's a deep promise. And the, if you read scripture and uh, both testaments attest to that, um, that that's the relationship that God has with us, uh, like the marriage covenant. So, yeah, these are, these are good reasons why we should be married in that situation. I think, Kevin, you and I talked in the past about the fact that some dioceses were uh, concerned about witnessing marriages in other places because, well, that's where young people go. Um, and I think they're, they're, they don't want to slam the door. They do want to be able to um, keep them in contact with the faith community, the church. So they've opened up a bit on that. But uh, I know in one instance or two instances that I've had where people wanted to be married outside in a garden or at a country club, uh, I was able to talk them into something. I, I was able to say, you know, we should be married in the place where the community meets. Bring your uh, friend, uh, your family and close friends. And then we'll go to the uh, Grove there in Glenview or we'll go to the country club and we'll tell people what we have done earlier in the day and we will uh, with, recommit again and invite all the married people who are present uh, there at the outside uh, venue to renew vows with you. And that seems to be a a selling point that they're buying. No, uh, Ron, we, I, I, go ahead. We can do both, you know, we can do both yeah. and, and use it as a, a moment for teaching and for sharing and for blessing. I think we you know, have to and, be open. Yeah. And that brings me to my second point of marriage as a vocation. You know, um, there are only two sacraments, technically, I guess, it, and if I'm saying this correctly, that um, that are empowered to affect the community, the greater world, um, and that's holy orders and matrimony. So the two are bound in some way to, to, uh, to be the light of Christ in the world. Um, and, and the reason why I brought that up is, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, hey, bringing their marriage, what they've already witnessed before God, now bringing that to the community and inviting married couples to recommit. 
So you're immediately evangelizing. You're immediately pouring out your love as a, as a married couple to others to share, to re reinvigorate, to reignite. Uh, I think that's just a wonderful message of, of the beginning of a vocation. That would be just a, a wonderful thing to do uh, as a norm. Um, is, is your first, uh, you know, job, if you will, is, is a married couple. Um, which, which brings me to this, the analogy. We hear it a lot, Ron. Let's, I want to get your take. You know, Jesus comes as the bridegroom to marry his people. So that's the analogy, this metaphor is so strong um, in how married couples kind of line up with that. Could you, you give me some insight on that, Ron? Uh, you know what, Kevin, I, I, I think this is important that we share this with these young people because I don't think that crosses their mind, uh, you know, that, that this can be an evangelization tool and uh, bringing people to the Lord. That's why, that's why these pre-canas I think are important because they open up some of that uh, theology that people wouldn't uh, ordinarily think about. It stretches their mind. Uh, and that's been, uh, you know, in the writings of those early Christian fathers, as they're called, uh, using the analogy of marriage to show uh, that this is how Christ comes to us. This is how Christ relates to us, much as the marriage uh, covenant is there. And that's so prevalent in society that to allow that to come forward and recognize this as another moment uh, where we meet the Lord somehow has been lost. So it's, it's evident in communion particularly, uh, but maybe people don't think about this that much. But when you open some doors here and, and make those connections, uh, the so-called, as they call it today in evangelization, the soft entry points um, that are not often thought about, uh, how people come into this relationship with the Lord. Um, and there are many of them. And this, this is one because it's very prevalent and people involved uh, that we can really share that out. And it opens up, I think, a wonderful door for people to come to understand. Yeah, one of the rhetorical questions we asked the couples was, how do you want, how do, you, how do people see you as a couple now? You know, how, how do you think people are going to see you as a married couple? And then how do you want people? What vision do you want them to see of you? And, you know, in there, the foundation of that is really being a light, you know, of Christ in the world. And then however that means. What, what I thought was interesting, I go through the consent. I go through the, um, the right, the words of the right. And we talk about how we say that the words are about as perfectly as written as you can. Um, and there's really not a need to write your own vows. So the, we believe in the words, the words, and we walk through each of the meaning of the words. Um, and I said, one of the things I did at a wedding was, was I allowed a couple wanted to write their own vows. And we talked about how we talked about the words. We read through the consent. We read through um, the, we, we read through, uh, what that means, um, and then the reception of the consent, and of course the exchange of the rings. Uh, but I allowed them to write uh, something to each other, and we did it. Uh, they they said something after the 
the ring. Say they, the bride said something to the groom and the groom wrote something to the bride. And I think I said, you know, one of the mistakes I made, meant was not reading what they had written before, not because of content, was because the bride wrote this 10 minute speech and the groom wrote a 15 second uh, three paragraph. <laughs> and I felt bad for the groom. Um, but words matter. And I ran, when last week I just ran into this one word and I thought it was interesting because it lines up with when you were ordained a deacon and you ordained a priest um, and I was ordained a deacon. And I heard the word again uh, in the recent Episcopalian when the bishops, the new bishops that were ordained. Um, and the word, the reception, this was in the prayer for the reception of consent. After the couples, you know, they say they're typical, you know, I promise to be faithful to you in good times and bad. And, this, and so then after that, uh, that consent, the priest or the deacon will receive the consent. And here's the prayer. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, and if you can see, we pick out the word. May the Lord in his kindness strengthen the consent you have declared before the church and graciously bring to fulfillment his blessings within you. What God joins together, no one, no one put asunder. Um, graciously bring to fulfillment. That was words that I recall when um, when I was ordained, I'm sure you were, recall that when you were ordained, and mm -hmm. the bishops were called that. So again, that tie, that tie of being, um, you know, an, an ambassador for Christ's love in the church. So bringing you to fulfillment. So, um, and every couple has to decide what that means. Right. And uh, the fact that you can open those doors that adds, I think, a lot of meaning to this that perhaps they don't think about. Because uh, the whole, you know, other than the, the uh, faith dimension in the church ceremony, wedding uh, celebrations are very secular. Uh, you know, there's tied to drinking and uh, feasting, and that's all part of it. But we don't uh, have the opportunity, perhaps, uh, to go into some of these deeper things. Uh, if I'm invited to a reception, as we always used to be in the past, and they ask me always to, oh, would you do, a do the grace, do the blessing? Yeah, uh, I really spend a little bit going into that to talk about how important our relationships are. And uh, being present at this wedding today gives us all a chance to appreciate that commitments that we have made in marriage to one another uh, and, that, and that we have too with family and friends, uh, that we can take that moment to celebrate that deeper notion um, for those who are attending. Because this is just an opportunity, you know, for people to think about that uh, type of relationship that we sometimes forget in the midst of all the hoopla that goes on at wedding receptions, you know, a, a moment to reflect on what you have here and what you're able to accomplish. And how does God fit into this? One of the great stories uh, that I shared with you was about a couple who came in, they were a little older. And uh, before we did anything, you know, after we said hello, the bride-to-be said, do I have to say obey? <laughs> and it kind of threw me uh, I said you've been watching old movies I think that's not even in our ritual uh, but I said you know let's just go to that for a minute 
the word obey comes from a Latin word, obedire, which means to listen, uh, to listen, and then add the notion of listen deeply to one another. It's not like the obey that you have uh, with an animal. Send the dog to obedience school so he will obey your commands. No, this is not what it is in the relationship that we have with each other and in marriage. So I explained that. That's what it means, to listen deeply to the other person. But I said, don't worry, that's not in the ritual. Well, when it came to the actual uh, ritual on the day they got married, they added the word obey in each other's commitment and vows. And that just really threw me, but they kind of gave me a side glance and smiled. Oh. They got it. They got it. And that's what this is. Listening deeply to each other, listening deeply to the God who loves us and relates to us. Oh, my. That just uh, is so beautiful. It just touches your heart. You know, one of the things that, you know, found that couples always write in when they register for Pre-Cana, they ask, you know, what do, what do you want to, what do you, what topics are you interested in? And the couples are, are a lot of them in the last, I don't know, since we've been doing this last few months, they all want to know really about their faith and what, how can we pray together? How can we, um, you know, how can we keep our faith? How, one of the questions was, how can we, when we have children, how can we keep our children in the faith? So one of the things I think it was Father Tim Anastos was saying, was talking about the intimacy in a, in a marriage, about, you know, you're doing all these intimate things together, you know, all your deepest secrets, um, you know, et cetera. And, but one of the things that couples don't do is they don't pray together. Um, and I thought, and not from a, it's because that's such an intimate act. Well, my, you know, I'm going to say to God what I'm going to say to God, but I'm not going to say it to my spouse. And I, we always say, well, and I tell them that story. I said, well, you need to start baby steps. You know, first of all, you need to go to church. You need to go and pray together at mass. Um, and then again, if you haven't done it just with meals, start with meals, start praying with meals and pray in public. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, you know, when we do have restaurants opening and pray, you know, pray, say a simple prayer. And if maybe, if not out loud, maybe, take a few seconds and, you know, close your eyes and say a prayer to yourselves. So like you said, the shallow end, let's start at the shallow end of the water Then move yeah. on to things like, you know, one of the things we did as a family, like when it became Advent time, we would bring out a wreath and we would pray and bless the Advent wreath. And so look for occasions. Maybe it's your wedding anniversary. Maybe it's a birthday. Um, so we have to start somewhere. Um, and just like you're open to having children, you're open to, uh, I think transparency is one of the things that's very important in a, in a relationship, any relationship, especially a marriage. That transparency is letting know your spouse in praying together what's in your heart to God. Yeah, these uh, are, the, we were I just talking to you about those soft entry points that sometimes we miss. And uh, just to stop and pause, and recognize the gift that we have in our relationships, and especially to this individual that we love so much, and to, to broaden that out and to bring a God connection in. 
it, it just offers much. And we have to help people with that. Um, it's not often uh, mentioned or taught. So uh, the rea did you have a reaction from the couples when you talked about that? You know, we didn't. Um, it'd be interesting. We haven't gotten our feedback from our session yet, but um, unfortunately, I think we know with a lot of the topics, we're, we're doing two nights, three hours each. And I tell them all the time, I said, have a third piece of paper for one for each of you when you're writing down and doing our exercises, a third for a parking lot and say, if you're, once you're talking about these subject matters, make sure you're writing things down, um, you know, and ask me questions. So we, I think what I, I would love to do, a, I think we should go back to doing weekend retreats uh, with couples for, you know, they probably wouldn't like it, but I think the way to get the most out of it was to do a long weekend retreat. So we can pray together. We do, I mean, I do pray. We open up the session with a prayer. We close the evening with a prayer. Um, we have a blessing. Um, so I think, again, it's such a quick drive-by with that subject matter. The other thing I wanted to talk about really briefly, and I think it's important, is, you know, we talk about theology of the body. The couples, you know, you can tell there's a little bit of tenuousness about when we get to that subject matter. Some are interested in knowing more about it and others are not. You know, there, you know, uh, it was Pope John Paul II, it was, I don't know how many hundred, over a hundred uh, Wednesday afternoon discussions he had in the 80s about theology of the body. There's whole courses that are on this subject matter. And one of the things that we tell the couples about, um, about sexuality in the church is that, you know, God is good. God created everything that is good. So one of your your consenting is mutuality is having children, but there's also a mutuality of respect and, um, and chastity and anything that, that draws you away from your spouse being concentric to you physically and emotionally and spiritually, you're not as chaste. So anything, so we talk about it in that respect, Ron. So it's not just pure a physical uh, chasteness, but it's a spiritual chasteness and it's a mental chasteness. So anything that draws you away from any one of those as your spouse being the other, then you need to, you know, pray about it. You need to remove it from your life. Uh, you need to change course. Now that's a secular society can't even touch some of that, can they? That's not, that's not what we hear. Now, what kind of reaction did you get to that? Did, you, did people uh, share on that point? You know, we, we, that was one where we, we don't share. I think I actually turned the mics on for everybody. I said, does anybody want to share after we had a long discussion and, and we got nothing? Um, but, you know, in, in, again, when we were in smaller groups, we could break up and we were able to have more of, of a discussion. Um, and I just want to get across the notion, you know, the church is, is I think it was Father Greck had said this, the church doesn't want to be in your bedroom. Uh, but the church also wants to uh, have connection that everything that God has created is good. And, and I think many, for many, unfortunately, maybe for many years, people in the church, not the church, but people in the church, um, ascribe to maybe something a lot more negative about sexuality between married couples. So, um, so we just try to allay those fears and 
and make sure that people, you know, this is, well, this is what I heard once and my grandmother told me this and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but shoot, you could have a whole, again, a week course on, on theology of the body in and of itself. Right. And I think, you know, these are areas that uh, people don't get into today or they, as you said, you know, uh, church should be in your bedroom, but God is, God is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> one, you know, one of the things we did, leave, we leave them with is saying, this is just the 100,000 foot level, just like your catechism, just like, uh, you know, if you're, you know, going to school or you're, let's say you're a professional with a degree, you have continuing ed. You need to have continuing ed for your marriage. So attend courses, read books, come to church. Um, I know Alpha does uh, a married couples course. Giselle and I have done that. We've done the marriage encounter group, which we, which is wonderful. Um, so, and I would love to, one of the things I've been wanting to do is start a marriage uh, ministry at Mary Seat of Wisdom. Um, it would be just, cause I've gone, I go to, we go to St. Hubert's and we're part of St. Hubert's it has a wonderful, marriage ministry, they do things around Valentine's Day and different, just different things to host. So get involved with that. Um, you know, so any of that marriage, don't stop working on your marriage, I guess is really the, the key. Right. Uh, and, you know, back in the, uh, oh, what, this was in the 70s, another priest and I uh, at St. Raymond in Mount Prospect, we kind of uh, began the so-called home precanas, uh -huh. where we would have two married couples meet with three engaged couples in someone's home. Uh, and the priests were not involved until the third session where we tried to share what we were, we've been talking about this whole notion of where is God in the marriage and the theology of the body and so forth. Uh, but, you know, to have couples minister to one another uh, and open up these doors, they expect to hear that from, you know, the official church, namely the ordained clergy. Uh, but to hear it from a couple who are living this and sharing with it is just beautiful. Um, I would hope that when this pandemic is over and get back to some of that again, uh, I mean, to do... To do a pre-cana, you and Giselle with 49 people, that's an awful lot. And it's online, so it's somewhat artificial yeah. uh, versus the personal uh, touch when you're present to each other. But nonetheless, you know, we do the best we can given the situation. And, we sh and I think the whole thing shows care. It's not, you better do this, otherwise we're not going to do your wedding. Right. Uh, that's not the approach. Uh, it's not a rule. It's a relational thing, just that it is with uh, people coming to the Lord. Uh, you're attracted to Jesus, what he says and what he does. Then after that, you get into the so-called ways of living the rules and responsibilities. But by the time you get to that, you've already had this beautiful relationship. And it's something you see as what you want to do, because it gives you context yeah. um, and I think we have to and that's what you're trying to do here in these pre-cana things so uh, 
If we haven't said it, bless you and Giselle and others who are working on this with couples today. And uh, thank you, thank you for sharing this. It's, it's beautiful and let's hope that it is appreciated and le leads to deeper relationships in, in marriage and family life. Yeah, that's, that's what we hope for. So and we hope people come to mass and continue on their faith and build their marriage after the ceremony. Right. So after the right. reception, after the after the party, um, yeah, and we're right. we're at the half hour mark already. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. Do you have any special prayers of thanks today? Yeah. We're heading yes. into close to Advent. If I don't know when when Father Tim's going to put this on the, the portal. Right. Well, you know what? We we don't want to skip. Uh, Thanksgiving and rush into Christmas. Right. That's that's been a problem all the time that uh, we don't, you know, move into uh, these seasons uh, with some preparation. You know, the beautiful thing is we experience it in the birth of a child or a wedding or a vacation. Anticipation, celebration, and then the beauty of the afterglow. Looking back, not wow. to be hurrying on. Uh, so we're in the season of year as we're doing this podcast today of uh, Thanksgiving. So, Lord, we ask, since you are the giver of all good gifts, to continue to walk with us and open yourself to us. And we give praise and thanks for that relationship that we have with you, and especially at this time of the year. And given the situations that we are in this time, we're grateful we're grateful for the blessings that we have received and even the negative aspects of these days of the pandemic. We bless God and recognize that there's more to life, that life is never ended. It continues to open, even if in the process we lose someone because God is always walking with us and caring and loving us. So we give thanks for that love that we have and there's good reason to do that. So may God's blessing be upon all of those who are listening. Thank you for paying attention to what we share. Uh, don't forget to let us know uh, what it is you might like to talk about. And uh, Kevin, for you and Giselle and everybody who's listening, a wonderful Thanksgiving season and Advent time. Thank you, Ron. God bless. And uh, you said the word everglow and Everflow, and that's, I got this rock and roll song that talks about a wedding night, and they talk about Everglow and Everglow and Everflow, and Sweet Wine of Love at Tina. So, um, Ron, God bless. Thank you for sharing. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you, Kevin. You too. Take care.
Let the sweet white light ever 